Welcome to the More Than OK podcast, a well-being and family podcast about tips, strategies and stories on how to be more than OK. I'm Belinda Bray. I am a wife, a mum and a teacher and I love learning about well-being and I love taking what I've learnt into my everyday life, into my family and into my classroom and I'm excited to bring you along the journey so you can be more than OK. Welcome to another episode of More Than Okay, a family podcast helping you and your family to be more than okay. This month on the podcast, we're talking about a lifetime of faith, and we have guests coming in who are just a little bit older than I am, who have been Christians and who have walked a journey with God for a long time. And so we want to catch these stories and just be inspired and filled with hope for ourselves and for our families to really learn how to lean into God through the good and the bad and to have a story that inspires others. So today we have got two very special guests with us. We have Bill and Julie Zimmerly. Good morning to you. Good morning, Belinda. Very excited to have you here. Um, And we have you here because you've been here from the very beginning of our college. Um, And I would just like to capture your story and share it with our community. So thank you. Um, So let's just do a little bio. Um, How long have you two been married? 47 wonderful years. Um, How many children do you have? We have two boys, uh, Tony, our eldest, and um, Peter. Great. And do you have grandchildren? Yes, we have Seven grandchildren, Belinda. Great. Aging from 20 to 18 months. That's so lovely. Yep. That's so lovely. Um, and how long have you lived in Toowoomba? All of our life, virtually, yes. Oh. Um, yeah, I, I was probably moved around a little bit early in my life, in Monto and Milmerin, but apart from that, okay. um, yeah, but been Toowoomba all the time. Okay, yeah. that's so interesting that you've been here this whole time. It's a nice city. It is. A great city yeah. to live in. Okay, so you have been uh, part of this church, therefore college, for 40 years. Mm. So what was happening at 40 years ago at, it used to be called the Christian Outreach Centre? Yeah. Well, <clears throat> initially we, um, on the first night that they opened the new building, uh, that's when we walked into the building and, uh, and we just felt at home. We were brand new Christians. We got saved at a full gospel men's dinner and um, and a man who really loved Jesus came to us. We were in a desperate time in our life, owned a business at Kingsthorpe, Zim's Corner Engineering, and um, we'd had our first son, Tony. And in that process of uh, trying to run the business, seven day a week, 14 hour a day, we reached a point where I, I walked into Julie one day, I can remember it. Uh, I can't remember the day, but I can remember the statement. I walked in and I said, there's got to be more to life than this. Wow. There really has to be more to life than this. And within a week or so, we had a gentleman walk into our counter. who was a friend of Julian and uh, her mum and dad uh, from years by, and he'd found Jesus. Wow. He had been an alcoholic in his life. He'd been a man who'd gone off the rails, but found Jesus. He walked into our, into our shop. And he came in and he stood across the counter from us with tears running down his face. And he said, don't you just love Jesus? And uh, at that point, we knew that he had something we didn't. 
Wow. And uh, he came and invited us once, twice, the third time to a full gospel businessman's dinner. First two times I said, no, we don't want to do that. We could get involved in religion. So um, so we, we, we held back. But the third time we accepted his invitation and said, I said to Julie after he'd gone, he said, it's a free dinner. Let's go, you know. Yeah. So off we went and we, we found Jesus. We found Jesus there. Noel Gallagher was a speaker. His life was our life virtually. He'd tried everything, done everything, but um, really yeah, hadn't found the meaningful life or the true meaningful life. But we found Jesus on that night. So and amazingly, at the same time, on that same night, Julie's mum and dad showed up there. He'd invited them. Wow. So the four of us found Jesus on the one night. Amazing. And, yeah. From that, from that, our, our progression was to come to CAC. Great. Yeah. That's yeah. so such a great story. And so <sighs> you um, brought your children to this church and back then they when they start, decided to start a school they would pack down the church on a sunday night and set up the school ready for monday morning and they used the ace system which we don't use that anymore but um so many kids came through this school so your kids came all the way through you were telling me julie Yes, uh, Tony started grade one and Lynn Hanari was uh, wow. Tony's grade one teacher who's still here today. She's still here on staff. And she was an amazing, amazing teacher. And from then on, Tony continued to grade 12. And he was one of the first to go through, is that right? Tony was one as well as another young man, uh, John Wilholt, they were the first two students that made 12 years through the college. Amazing. Mm. And so I look at the college now College now, and I work out of a very new high-tech building and we have all the uh, bells and whistles. But, Bill, you remember when the Oakey buildings arrived on site. Yes. Um, yeah. Chris Gleeson was the principal at that time. And Chris had got the vision from God to start the school, but um, we ended up uh, that they acquired the the old hospital buildings that were in Oakey, and uh, I can remember them coming in onto the block and setting them up on stumps, and and then all the renovations had to be done, and they were full of asbestos <laughs> and yes. all of the nasty things that we we know about today, but we didn't know about so yeah. much in those days. But yeah, we we went through the process of building the initial school and set up the classrooms, and um, we made a choice right from the get-go with our with our boys that we would choose to put them through a Christian education. That's great. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that was our focus. And uh, we we made sacrifices in regard to financial-wise. Yeah. We ma made that choice, and we would clean houses and have borders and all sorts of things to be able to help along the way with finance because I only had the one wage coming in at that stage. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was, a, it was a faith walk. Yeah. And uh, certainly an amazing time of building the school or the college. Mm, yeah. yeah. And there's some great stories that have come out of those times, like um, kids would get their shoes really muddy walking into class. And so there was a fundraiser to buy bricks Mm. Yes. To uh, from Spring Street to 
oaky so that I think it was that side or was it on the other side? The, anyway, there were bricks put down so that kids' feet weren't getting too muddy walking to the classroom. And yeah, did you want to tell more about that, Julie? I used to have um, what they call the pig pen. There was oh, yes. still all the, uh, the structure of the pig pen behind the school and the, the kids used to go down there and play in this pig pen and that was their their playground. Apparently they used to have lunch in there. Yes, they used to have lunch so that was in a there. Lunch and um, it was it was quite unique because that wasn't something that was a priority to pull that down at yeah. the time. Yeah. yeah. And apparently there's a legendary mulberry tree yes. that was down there. Yeah. So um, I was talking to someone who was a student here and if they ate mulberries, they had to bring a spare shirt. Yes, that's right. Because they'd get stained on their, stains yep. on their shirt. They had to make sure they were clean for class. Yep. Did your sons do that? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> and they used to be in this pig pen and they were they used to get up to some wild times in there and it, it, it was quite an icon, the, the pig pen. Mm. <laughs> It was an amazing time of growth, you know, like to see and the vision coming to pass. Yeah. Uh, from the ACE system where where we used to pack the school up of an afternoon or after Sunday night service, move it all back and then of a Sunday morning or on, uh, no, sorry, we would, we'd bring it out and set it up on after, after the service. Yeah. And then uh, after the service was over, then we would, or before the service, we'd push it all back. Yep. And, uh, and the poor old deacons, we were nearly worn out from moving chairs. <laughs> they got and, really fit. Yeah, backwards and forwards, backwards yeah. and forwards. But the vision was there. We wanted to build it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. when your heart's there, you can do a lot. Yeah. Uh, even yeah. if it's mm. that hard sort of stuff. So within your own lives, do you have any stories about um, times when you've seen God show up? Any challenges you've gone through where you've just seen God working? Probably the greatest faith challenge that we've, we've had in our lives was um, in 1980. Uh, personally, this is. in, in uh, We went through the GFC time like yeah. everybody else did. Yep. And uh, we had in only a, a short period of time prior to that, we had invested some, some money. 2008 it was. Oh, 2008, sorry, 2008. Yeah, and uh, we had invested some money into a, into a fund and uh, it just went all belly up completely. We lost virtually everything overnight. Um, and our faith in, in, this, in God in that whole situation grew immensely because we just bunkered down into our, that faith realm and just trusted God. For over two years, we interceded into that, that um, we would see that which was robbed from us returned. Wow, and um, and it was an amazing thing because God was faithful to our prayers, and uh, and I know many people didn't uh, come up with a good result, but in our case, um, God was very very faithful to us, and He did return that which was take, taken from us, and uh, we give Him all the glory because it, it took a, a lot of effort, a lot of prayer, a lot of. Um, and just uh, hanging in there, trusting God. And, and God was amazing. He gave Julie two visions in the whole thing. Uh, Bill did a lot of uh, the, the speaking to all the different people that needed him to, to speak to them. And I prayed. I put my focus into prayer. And um, 
with Bill writing his letters to the required people, I seen a, a vision of a horse coming like the old telegraph, how they used to bring it on in the Westerns. <laughs> and I seen this white uh, person on a horse coming and taking Bill's letter and and riding the horse as fast as it would go. And I said to Bill, I've just seen a vision that your letter has just gone. And that was okay. We, we put that vision into prayer. And then sometime later, I seen a white horse coming towards me while I was in bed. And it was coming <laughs> at a fast speed with a money bag with dollar signs on it. And it was the next week that a man came to our house and with his suitcase and said, I've come to bring all your money back. Wow. What was taken from you. And so it was an incredible uh, intervention of God. And we always look at that and say, if we look after your house, Lord, then we can ask you to look after our house. Yeah, that's great. And so our faithfulness to our church life and to the college has been a big part of our our heart, you yeah. know, to look after God's house. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And Julie, you were also our QCS community supervisor. So back yes. when we used to run the OP system, yes. um, Michael, my husband, so the principal here at the college, he used to be the director of studies. So he would set out all the QCS tests and they needed a supervisor from the community and it was you. Yes. And I remember doing some of those sessions with you. I would come in and do a supply day as a supervisor and I remember you saying that you would pray for the students. Yes. Yeah. Yes, Belinda. I, it was a great privilege to be asked to do that and I did that for over 20 years. I can't exactly name the the amount of years but over 20 years and it was my pleasure more than being paid to do that it was my pleasure to be able to come to have a an overall visual um impartation while i sat there for from nine o'clock to three o'clock with a lunch break in between but in that time, I made my time valuable to be able to pray for the students and the yeah. teachers when they come and the principal. And it was just such a, I felt a, a weighty thing yeah. that I was paid to be able to pray. Yeah. Mm. It's so great to know that we've got people who have faithfully prayed for our students. Yes. And I'm sure you still do pray for our students, but yes. I loved that example that you were here as something official, but you used it as official yes. God's business. So I really love that. Um, what are some things that you guys have done that have helped you to keep your faith for the long term? I would say the the biggest and most important part is uh, to maintain a prayerful heart towards the Lord. Your communication with God is just so important and uh, our faith walk is so important that we pray and uh, and commit our way to the Lord but um, I, I believe that, that prayer is as vital to the heart of the church and to our college uh, and to our individual lives mm -hmm. as fuel is to a vehicle. Um, we take time to pull into the bowser to refuel. We need to take time to pull in to God and say, Lord, I commit my day to you today. Give me the fuel to run today, if you like. 
and 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 prayer is the lungs of our our church. Prayer is the lungs of of uh, the college. It's what builds. We've got to build it first in the spirit realm. We've got to build what God wants to build in prayer first. Uh, inject that in. Have the fuel in the tank to go, and God can use it then. That's yeah. so great. Yeah. Um, this is a family podcast, and I love to give practical advice on how um, how we can live better. So are there some practical things for a family that they can do to increase their faith and to have a faith for a lifetime? Always have such an open communication with your children and with each other oh, in your right. married life. Um, in our era that we're living in now, for Bill and I, we notice how communication has broken down so much by texting and by um, just using our phones for way of communication. But face-to-face communication, we believe, in, is, is just so vital and it seems to be diminishing yeah. uh, around our world so much. And I often say to Bill... I'm just so happy that God doesn't take my text message <laughs> because it's very impersonal. Yeah. And it's 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 a wonderful thing to use text texting in its right place, but not I believe in family. Yeah. Around the table and at bed at night time and when they come home from school and just family time to face to face communication is just just so beautiful. That's great. Mm. The other thing I'd like to add to that is just, just simply to love Jesus openly with all of your heart within your family. Let that love for your Lord, for, for our Lord, to be be seen amongst the family, and uh, and always communicate as Julia said. Pray for them, love them, care for them. Do everything that we do as as natural parents. But um, first and foremost, I think we put God first and love him and never lose your first love. That's yeah. so important that maintain the vision in your heart where the college is going, where the church is going. Always look at what you can be doing and involve yourself. Yeah. Um, where, where can I be used, Lord? When, you know, ask him and without a doubt, he'll show you somewhere where you can be used. And I think when we involve ourselves. Um, in in the vision, that's where God really um, uses our giftings, and uh, and and in in our family life, it's so important that that we just maintain that first love. Yeah, that's great. Um, we have loved Jesus all of our walk with the Lord, and uh, and I think that's and also the other thing too is to be faithful, absolutely be faithful in your walk. Yeah, and inject yeah. your life. We've got a certain amount of time. We've got X amount of years between when we were born and when we we leave this earth. And um, and I always say to Julie, I want to make a mark. You know that dot in between, yes, wherever it starts and wherever it finishes. That dot matters. Yeah, true. So we've That's got to really uh, make it matter. Lives yeah. matter. Our families matter. And uh, and what we choose to do with our education, and that is so important. That's great. Yeah. And we were talking before the mics came on about how um, busy you are in retirement and how you have 
loads of things to do. And um, I love seeing you guys out and about. You were at a church meeting last night praying for people, anointing people, and you just help out. And you and I love, Julie, that you said you're now available to do this stuff. So I just want to thank you. Thank you. And just, um, yeah, it's encouraging for me as someone who's a few years behind, still in the trenches of family and working and just to look ahead and say this is how um, – amazing people retire and how they're still useful and God's still using them Mm. for so much. So thank you for sharing your stories with us. It's been lovely to have you here today. Thank you, Linda. And uh, if you want to hear more about uh, Faith for a Lifetime, you can check in with our podcast on Apple and Spotify. If you have any topics you'd like to discuss or if you'd like to send some feedback, you can send those via email to morethanokay at highlands.qld.edu.au. We hope that this podcast has been useful and we hope that it helps you and your family to be more than okay. Okay.